Today, we speak with the Director of Grassroots Advocacy and Spokesperson Development for an organization that began in 1898, representing the largest segment of the nation's food and fiber industry. Stay tuned as we learn about their advocacy efforts for more than 1 million cattle farmers and ranchers. Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. Welcome to the Voices in Advocacy podcast, and I hope you're enjoying season four. I'm Roger Rickard, president and founder of Voices in Advocacy, where we work with organizations to inspire, educate, engage, and activate your supporters by turning them into effective, influential advocates. And this is the podcast dedicated to the art of advocacy. This podcast is for the people that work and engage in advocacy efforts for their organizations, be they corporations, associations, trade organizations, and nonprofit cause groups. Now, let's get started. On today's show, we speak with Chandra Mulvaney, the Director of Grassroots Advocacy and Spokesperson Development for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, known as NCBA. Chandler works to empower beef community members to be more engaged in sharing their story while developing key spokespeople who can confidently represent the beef industry in social media, in everyday conversations, or in front of a camera. Chandler grew up the youngest of three siblings on a farm and is a fourth generation cattle producer from Auburn, Alabama. He began in the agriculture industry when they say he was just knee high to a grasshopper. Upon graduation from Auburn University with a bachelor's in agriculture communications, Chandler began working in Ghana and Uganda for two years as an extension agent promoting youth development through involvement in 4-H and sound farming practices. After returning to the United States, he completed his master's in science and agriculture education from the University of Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Chandler Mulvaney to today's show. Chandler, hello and welcome. Hi, Roger. Thanks for having me on the show. Excited to be able to share a little bit about advocacy. Well, that's what we're all about here, and and I'm sure you're going to do a fabulous job. So let's get right to it. You are both the Director of Grassroots Advocacy and Spokesperson Development. Tell me more about this spokesperson development side of things. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And, um, you know, to be honest, as I'm kind of walking down the hallways at NCBA or <clears throat> the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, a lot of people probably see me walking back with a suitcase after returning from one of my many trips, and uh, they're not really clear on what my title actually entails. So <laughs> we might just go on a little bit of a discovery between you and I today on what that really means. But really, our, our grassroots advocacy and spokesperson programs start with training, equipping, and safeguarding the work of the beef checkoff. And so my job is to help prepare our advocates, identify their work at the county, state, regional, and then national level, and elevating them through some of the programs that we have 
here at NCBA as a contractor to the beef checkoff through uh, helping them uh, just understand the power and impact of their story. Absolutely. And that's primarily what advocacy is all about is, is, is touching the impact of, of the story. So what is the biggest challenge you have in, in trying to manage grassroots training for these cattle ranchers? That's a, that's a wonderful question. I think it changes day to day, to be honest. I, uh, I, I work with such a broad and diverse group that is the beef community. And so whether you're, uh, you know, a county cattlemen's or a state cattlemen's association in the southeast or the west coast or the Midwest, um, the, the needs and the requirements are almost always changing, especially when it gets down to some of those issues that are, are more regional focused. So part of the process and challenge is uh, just identifying what are, what are those most pertinent needs that we can work with our advocates on to ensure that they're confident. And I know you read that in my bio, but I really do mean it, just preparing our advocates to ensure that they are confident in the messages they're sharing. So maybe it's a little bit of a contentious issue around sustainability or climate change or you know, the welfare of animals and how they're treated on one's farm. It's ensuring that we're not just providing them with talking points that they can read off a sheet of paper, but we're actually providing them the assistance and really focusing on that relationship building and them understanding no matter where they're from, if they're on the West Coast or the East Coast, despite some of their differences and those unique needs that they have, that we're here for them as an organization and on behalf of the Beef Checkoff to ensure that, that they can go out and share their messages confidently. Confidence is an absolutely huge factor in creating the control that you kind of need to be an advocate to respond to everything. When you're, when you're confident that you know what you're dealing with, and I often tell people all the time that when they go in to see an elected official, that elected official knows about an inch high and 14 miles wide. Sure. And when you walk in, you know an inch wide and 14 miles high about your subject, about your situation that you're in, and, and that confidence that they actually know an awful lot more than the mm. person they're sitting with, uh, not to be cocky about it, sure. but to be able to feel comfort in that, you know, I, I know deeper how this affects me than necessarily the person across the table. Would you agree with that? No, that's, that's a very true statement. And, you know, I, I, I think to some of our trainings and, you know, we, we work with a, a broad range of ages as well. So just yesterday I was in Nebraska working with a, a group through the Nebraska Department of Agriculture, and it's, it's called the Nebraska Agricultural Youth Institute. It's very similar to anyone who might have attended a boys or girls state for a week long event all there on campus at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Uh, and they're receiving all kinds of information and training and immersive experiences around agriculture. And so uh, I'm not only working with youth based audiences, but also some of our most experienced or seasoned advocates uh, who might be on a board of directors at a state cattleman. So with that, that range of preparedness that's required to go in and, and, and be ready to talk about some of those really deep, uh, maybe um, conversations. I, I think what's important in, in some of our trainings is we always talk first about 
really this idea of what's called appreciative inquiry. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, Roger, but just really practicing those, those critical questions and leading with one's values where they can find points of connection and saying, hey, I, I hear your concern, but I really would love to learn more about this area that you're so passionate about. And so it's, it's turning the tables back to maybe that elected official or that person at your community or in your grocery store who might have a disagreement with you on how your animals are treated. It's really just focusing on identifying their values and creating that connection through conversation and asking them questions. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Values-based is, uh, is probably the most comprehensive way uh, to be able to build that relationship. Yes, Find the commonalities. Between between the two of you, uh, how do you use your grassroots to advocate to elected officials? Are there different ways you use that, or is that not really in your realm of responsibility? That's a that's an excellent question. So uh, I only work on behalf of the beef checkoff as a, as a fully funded beef checkoff employee. And so despite the fact that I exist on one of the unique teams within NCBA, we have about half of my team members are, are policy focused and the other half are checkoff funded. Um, we, we really work together as a unit, as an organizational unit to make sure that um, we're, we're sharing some of those internal resources that we can share. But um, that, that is for uh, my supervisor and some of my teammates that work in Washington, D.C., uh, to really uh, identify and then engage those advocates that we're sharing our, um, for our policy priorities. So. so working with the checkoff, <clears throat> and NCBA has numerous events throughout the year. I mean, you've got your annual meeting, the big cattle con. Uh, the summer business meeting, a legislative conference, a young cattlemen's conference. Do any of these programs assist uh, with those members becoming more influential and, and effective advocates? Yeah, I think that's that's a perfect question. And really, we're um, we're always on the go as an organization preparing for that next major event. And so whether it is our summer business meeting, which is coming up in just about two weeks in Reno, uh, or our, our annual cattle convention that's hosted every February, we're, uh, we're constantly getting, getting ready for the next big event. But I think what's really special is just the plethora of groups and producer focused interests that are represented at these meetings that we just happen to host or help organize and, and really promote not only on behalf of the beef checkoff, but also through some of our work on the policy side as well. And so I think uh, what's really unique is in my role and, and through some of our advocacy efforts is we get to do some, uh, some different trainings at these events. So primarily at our annual uh, NCBA cattle convention and trade show. Uh, we provide training for our ESAP award winners, which stands for the Environmental Stewardship Award Program. So we're working primarily with those regional and the national winners. Um, so a pretty small group of producers from across the country and helping them be prepared to go and work with the media. So it's very practical in nature when we have these trainings at these events, working with a group, 
probably the day before and then the next day they're going and spending time in our media rooms and uh, for about an hour or two getting to interact and connect with members of the media. So so doing some conversation and doing some research and, and uh, prior to, to the podcast, uh, some things that you and I spoke about, tell me about your really specific program you have to develop training uh, for grassroots advocates. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so this this is, uh, you, you mentioned I've been involved in, in the beef community since I was, I think, knee-high to a grasshopper. And I know it's a pretty cliche statement, but it's it really is true. Um, just being involved with, uh, you know, going to our, our, our county cattlemen's meetings and uh, livestock judging and meat judging from a very young age, just having that exposure to others sharing their stories with such tremendous impact is what provides me just that 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 passion and fire to come to the office every day and, and work on behalf of the beef producers. And so one of those programs that uh, I just feel really fortunate to be a part of uh, is called the Masters of Beef Advocacy. And, and, it, and we always kind of say, hey, if, if you're interested in learning more about the beef community, go get your MBA or your Masters of Beef Advocacy. And so uh, even if you don't want to go out and actually get your your, uh, your true MBA uh, and spend thousands of dollars, you can get one right here in the beef community. Um, and that really is a, a baseline introductory training for anyone from any walk of life. So not just beef producers, but if you have a vested interest in the beef community, if you eat beef, if you love beef and uh, you eat those three meals a day or more, then this is really an opportunity for you to go through a completely virtual training. It takes about two and a half to three hours and it's uh, five virtual courses that you'll walk through and you'll take a quiz at each end of that course. Um, it'll just kind of test your knowledge and make sure you are being aware of some of the information presented to you. Uh, and at the end, you'll receive a certification in the mail. You can download it as well off of your computer. I encourage you to hang that up on your wall as a conversation starter, but really it's, it's helping you understand the value of how cattle are raised and how that product ends up on your plate. So the MBA, uh, one, I love the acronym and I love how you're using that uh, Masters of Beef Advocacy. So within that, in those virtual training sessions and those modules that you're talking about, uh, is it all about what your messaging is or is it more about how do you deal as an advocate with meetings with elected officials? How do you prepare for that? What does that look like? How do you communicate that? Uh, can you dive just a hair deeper? Yeah, I would love to. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. So I think, you know, when, when you walk through the Masters of Beef Advocacy course, what you're going to find is really just an awareness of what the beef community looks like from the outside looking in. So really learning about the beef life cycle. So where cattle start, whether they're grow, uh, growing up in the Southeast on a, on a cow calf operation or a stalker operation, what their life looks like in a feedlot, uh, what that processing uh, facility might look like and that uh, lifespan of the animal. And then how uh, we use different beef byproducts and uh, how that, that product uh, whether it's maybe ground beef or a T-bone steak or a filet, how that ends up on your plate. So it's really walking through that entire beef life cycle um, and just sharing the impact of the beef community in a really positive light. So 
not so much about uh, really preparing those advanced spokespeople quite yet, but really just providing an awareness of this is what we do on behalf of the beef community. Here's, here's what our producers do on a daily basis. Um, and just helping equip those, those individuals to be more aware of, of what the beef community looks like. So then does the other training become part of what you do with that spokesperson development, those, that trailblazers program? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's a great question as well. So uh, we, we kind of always market our programs where, uh, if, you know, if you're a, a stay-at-home mom or uh, you're a maybe a researcher or a scientist or an educator, that if you are interested in learning more about the beef community, that we ask you to just start with your MBA. You can go to the mastersofbeefadvocacy.com website and sign up today by creating a new account and engage through that online course. <clears throat> and then once you have gone through your Masters of Beef Advocacy, we have some advanced level trainings that are offered through our, our State Beef Council partners. So uh, those are um, the equivalent of like the Colorado Cattlemen's Association or the Alabama Cattlemen's Association. So we have 44 State Beef Council partners across the country that we work with. And so from your perspective as an individual, you could get engaged with your state partner and we provide in-person trainings at a more immersive level. But then we also have our advanced advocacy spokesperson development program, and that is called Trailblazers, what you were speaking to, Roger. Um, and that is a specialized group of 10 individuals that are all uh all who have completed their Masters of Beef Advocacy and have applied for this year-long program. And we primarily focus on professional development, spokesperson development, and getting those individuals ready to go if there's ever a crisis or an issue where they need to respond to. So are you out and about with those 44 state organizations trying to get them engaged in the MBA program? And then hopefully then sifting through the, that so that you can find the great trailblazers that you, that you work with next. So is that part of what your responsibility is? Uh, it, it definitely is. I, I kind of almost view my job as somewhat of a recruiter as well. So <laughs> I, um, I'm not, I not yeah. only provide some of those trainings, but definitely as I'm, as I'm, you know, uh, maybe putting on a half day or a full day or two day training. I'm, I'm staying aware of who are those individuals that are already really confident or um, just have that peaked interest in wanting to do more on behalf of the beef community. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely recruiting for the program, but also we, we are very fortunate in the beef community that um, people uh, actually come to us, which is a great feeling. And I think, um, speak strongly to the success of uh, the MBA program. So it, it's been around since 2009, and we have right over uh, 21,000 graduates in the Masters of Beef Advocacy program. So uh, once you're a part of that network, you're receiving some updates from us on a monthly basis and staying aware of what are some of those opportunities to engage. And one of those is the Trailblazers program. So, um, so yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's good stuff there. So let, let's go in a different direction right now. Let me just ask you generally, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the word advocacy? 
you know, I, uh, I've gotten asked this question before by some of the groups that I've, <laughs> I've trained and they always want me to define advocacy. And, uh, you know, I think for, for me, when I think of the word advocacy, it, it really, and this is completely subjective, but is, is really all about just connection and building relationships. Um, and so you might have that idea or passion that you want to promote um, uh, and, and advocate on behalf of, but really for me, it's about creating those one-on-one -on -one connections and relationships. So through our work at NCBA, it's, it's really spending time with not only our members, but those who um, might be uh, a part of that, that kind of movable middle, those groups that we can really have a lot of influence with and, and kind of win them over on sharing this is what we do and this is the impact of you being able to tell your story on behalf of the beef community. Excellent and great answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I love the answers that I get to that, to, to that question because they're always all over the board. Uh, which just tells you how big advocacy is when you really start to think about it in in kind of the macro terms rather than the, the micro look at it. Uh, in your job, what's your biggest challenge? Is it bandwidth, time? What is it? That is a intriguing question to say the least. I, you know, I, I did, I, uh, I like to think of myself as a, a pretty pretty optimistic individual, kind of that that cup half full individual. But uh, I, I mean, to be to be honest, I, I I think back to a lot of our like strategic planning meetings that we have as an organization, and I think um, what we really struggle with is engagement. And so um, we we can go out and train as many advocates or spend thousands and thousands of dollars working to equip advocates, but um, if we're not providing uh, some engaging content or ways in which our members or trained individuals can, can come back and receive additional information or go through some of our continuing education webinars, uh, it's, it's really, really tough for us to retain those individuals over the course of a long period of time. So we're, uh, I'm still kind of new to the job, only been here for about a year and a half, but we're trying to work through some of that right now, and uh, hopefully we'll have some some exciting programs to come in about the next six months that will help remedy our engagement issues. So let's reverse that question. Yeah. What's the biggest reward of your job? Man. Uh, that is, that definitely has to be hearing people's stories. And I, I'm... I'm sure you probably hear a similar answer a lot, Roger. Um, but just just yesterday, working with that group of juniors and seniors in high school, um, just, you know, I, I think within agriculture, we oftentimes present a lot of the same responses or a lot of the same maybe cookie cutter um, images in response to an issue or a challenge or a crisis. And so... Uh, what I what I really value and, and, and find beautiful is when every individual in a, even a small group or a large group has the chance to stand up and share some of their values or why they think their story is unique. Some of those those unique life experiences that they only have um, that are they're 
unique or independent to them. That that is the most rewarding piece of my job, just being able to hear the diversity of the beef community. Absolutely, I, I, I'm sure that that is. Uh, what's the biggest lesson you learned when you were on the farm? On the farm, oof, man, oh man. I, I mean, I know that was so many years ago that that, be, that becomes difficult for you to answer, but. Uh, um, I, I, I mean, that, that is a really, that's, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, I think there's a, a tremendous amount of lessons that, that come to mind. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is just growing an awareness. Um, so I, I, I look back on some of my work, raising my show projects through 4-H, um, and having to balance a pretty diverse schedule of playing competitive baseball and uh, having a lot of other activities going on when I was in elementary through high school kind of age range. And I think it was just having that awareness of your schedule and your commitments. And um, so I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll finish. Um, there was, there was a, there was a quote that I read when I was probably in middle school and it, for some reason has always stuck with me, um, but it was a article through the Tennessee Cattlemen's Association actually in one of their monthly magazines. And they had done a profile on a producer. I can't remember his name, but I remember his quote. And he said, if you aren't gonna be committed to something, then you might as well not be doing it at all. And so just having that awareness of your commitment and the power of your, your word to someone, um, I think was, was probably the most impactful lesson that I learned. Um, just growing up on the farm, growing up in agriculture. I think that's fabulous. Chandler, how can people reach the National Cattlemen's Beef Association for more information or more information on that MBA? Yeah, um, so definitely if you're interested in uh, our organizational work, I would encourage you to reach out to our membership team. I would encourage you to go to www.ncba.org and explore on our about page. We have some information on how you can contact us and our membership team, um, but then also primarily with uh, our work through the checkoff. Um, I encourage you to first start with the Masters of Beef Advocacy program. And again, you can go to the mastersofbeefadvocacy.com um, or .org. Either one will work for you. You're gonna create a new account sign up for the program in about a day or two time you'll hear from one of our team members um, and you'll be officially registered for that course um, and then also i uh i would encourage you to reach out to me if you ever ever want to engage or create that connection have that relationship um, i always encourage those who have a passion for the beef community you can email me at c mulvaney that's m-u-l-v-a-n-e-y at beef.org and I just love to have a conversation with you and uh, see how you could find your find your place. And and as we can tell, he's a great conversationalist and a great spokesperson for uh, the beef industry and for the beef checkoff. Well, that's a wrap of this fabulous conversation with Chandler Mulvaney, Director of Grassroots Advocacy and Spokesperson Development for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Thank you, Chandler, for being on the show today and. All the best in your efforts. Yes, sir. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate your time. Let's face it. 
Today's advocacy arena is just plain noisy. Organizations are stretched. You need every advantage to make sure your issue gets the attention it deserves and your voice heard. The RAP Index is the best way to do just that by finding your stakeholders' relationships and engagement power. Get past the noise. Know who your people know. Go to rapindex.com. That's rapindex.com and tell them Roger sent you for a special offer. If you like today's podcast, head over to where you find your podcasts and subscribe to the Voices and Advocacy podcast. A big thank you to today's guest. I appreciate your time and the unwavering passion for advocacy you have. Well, that's it for this episode of Voices in Advocacy. Remember, you have the power to be an effective, influential advocate. Now go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you joining us again next week. To learn more about Voices in Advocacy, go to our website, voicesinadvocacy.com.